Welcome, welcome to the Unex Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. I'm Nick. I'm Michael. And I'm Chris. Hey. And we're back for another week. Woo. Only 15 minutes late. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's back. Yay, I'm back. I'm sick, but I'm back. <laughs> He's not dead. I'm not dead. <laughs> Un- uh, malicious rumors must be ignored. <laughs> You can really sit, hear it in the mic as well. Oh, yeah, I'm it's, sure. So it's like magnified tenfold in the mic compared <laughs> oh, to no. your normal voice. I have to be really careful because if I talk too loudly or too much, I guess I cough. Yeah. Which means I shouldn't be on the radio. Probably not. Oh, no. well, here you are. Well, but, yeah, I have a mute button. <laughs> That's going to get hammered. Yeah, but you'll probably still hear it in our How mics. many presses are these caps rated for? Oh, a thousand. <laughs> Only a thousand. <laughs> Only a thousand. Because <clears throat> they're not supposed to be muted every time. You know what is rated to do a thousand? What? Doom Eternal is built to do a thousand FPS if you have the hardware. What? If what you have the hardware, Doom Eternal can push... 1,000 FPS. I mean, you've got to have a monitor which can do 1,000 FPS. Yeah. Well, I remember that um, the Vulcan engine with um, the first Doom, Doom 2016, Mm. that capped at 200 FPS. Like, Mm. if you had the good enough hardware, it's just like, and 200. There you go. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, and this is like for internal testing. They ran scenes at 400 FPS. Yeah. They say you can hit 1,000 easily. (laughs) Well, yeah, easily enough if you've got the hardware for it. Yeah. But there's no actual upper limit for their engine. Oh. It will just pump out as much as your computer wants to throw at it. Jeez. So graphics settings (laughs) actually matter because you could just decide, you know what, my entire computer is going to run Doom now. (laughs) All of it will be Doom. (laughs) Instead of, you know... It pushes out 60 FPS and stays there. Mm. Like games are typically designed to do because they don't want your uh, computer hogging up everything. At least on console, at least on PC. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, that's pretty cool. So, uh, where's my $1,000 G Sync slash FreeSync monitors at? Yeah. 1,000 FPS monitors. Oh my God. Here we go, boys. I mean, they're getting up to, what, 240, and I think I've seen a 350? The, the thing is, right, is that it's a case of the hardware required to drive the pixels faster exists, but we also want more pixels. Yeah. If we wanted 265 by 400, yeah. you could probably drive it at whatever <laughs> you wanted. Yeah, whatever FPS. Mm. But, but when you want 4K... It's yeah. just like, oh, now there's like, what, 8 million pixels? Something like, mm. yeah. So, yeah, nearly 8 million pixels. Ooh. It's it's easier, it's funny, it's easier to drive a um, 1080, um, 1080p monitor that's like, what, 43 inches or 49 inches across compared to a 24-inch 4K monitor because there is technically less pixels in the ultra wide <laughs> monitor than what there is in the 4K. Mm. Well, there's the choice of trade off though. Yeah, I still want an ultra wide, but they're too expensive. They're like two grand. No, oh, 
for the better ones anyway, they have all like your G Sync and your high refresh rates and your paid that for my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know if I'm gonna do that for a monitor. Yeah, that's just the monitor. Then you need to build the system that drives the monitor. Yeah. And that's like, okay, now that's a four thousand PC I need. Which to be honest is kind of a good idea on how to build a PC mm. is decide what resolution do you want and, and what refresh rate do you want. Yeah. And then build for that. Yeah. Like, for example, you know, <coughs> whenever I build a PC, typically I'm aiming, aiming for 1080p. Yeah. At which 60. Now I've got a 144 hertz monitor, so that can go up. But 1080p. I've got a friend who plays on 940p. 940p? Or whatever. It's like one of the old. 720? 720, yeah, I said 720, sorry. Yeah. One of the, it's like 940 by something, I don't know. Oh, it's probably 720 by 940. Yeah, there you go. Something um, like that, but... One of the weird old sizes. No way, that With wouldn't a, make sense. I think it's 720 by 1280. Regardless, whatever it is, it's smaller than 1080. Yeah. yeah. He's pushing a 20... I think it's a 70. Yeah. I think he's pushing it with a 2070, which is a... 1440p card. Mm. So he's overpaid for the for the card for what monitor he's targeting to run. Yeah, but he also does want to upgrade his monitor in the future, and he mm. didn't have enough money in his budget for the monitor when he built his initial PC. I mean, I was arguing to get a 2060 or a 10 series card and get a nice monitor. Mm. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's... But that ray tracing... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Which AMD is getting soon as well, so NVIDIA is going to have to be very sad about that. Mm. But then NVIDIA is still pushing out their 300, 3000 series soon. Mm. That'll be interesting to see. So Apparently those things are going to be huge. Oh, really? Oh. Well, the top of the line one has 24 gigs of VRAM. Yeah, but that's leaks. probably a Titan. From leaks. No, that's, that's the 30,000. The lowest tier one has like 16 gigs of VRAM. Jeez. From the leaks that we've seen. They are absolute beasts. Yeah, maybe with ray tracing, they might need more memory. (laughs) I want to load all of my game into VRAM. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of installing it onto a hard drive, you you install install it on VRAM. That'd be awesome to do for a a game development, like one of those little game development challenges. Yeah. Build a game that installs itself onto your GPU. Yeah. Just ease there. Oh. oh, that'd be the worst. I can imagine that, though. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I just ha- I just remember that I have this game called Multi-Winnier, and it's like a little mm-hmm. stick figure um, RTS game, and it's only like 500 megabytes. Oh, tiny, yep. Yeah, and I'm sitting there going like, wait a sec. Mm. That could fit on my VRAM. <laughs> hmm. But I don't think that would work very well. <laughs> I mean, if you could put, like, Undertale. I think Undertale is just a small. Yeah. About. Yeah. I didn't realize Undertale was so small. No, it's, I think it's a tiny file. It's weird what games are big and what are small. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess it's just, like, the yes. compression and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Mm. Also the art style. Yeah. yeah 2D well, pixel. <coughs> yeah. Multi-Winio is very much... It is a 3D game, but it's all made in, like, 2D sprites. What I love is the fact that a game like Team Fortress 2, which is 10 years old, is 20 gigabytes, and I think most of that is cosmetics. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, probably. And the extra guns and such. Mm. 
Yeah, all the stuff that they've added. We need more hats, quick! Yeah, but then also, with the increase in size of storage, they've gone, okay, now we don't have to compress as much stuff, and we don't have to, like... Yeah, they don't need to do it without oh, getting lazy. Oh, I meant, like, just... In <laughs> Everyone game, getting lazy, to be yeah. honest. Oh, yeah. Game development in general, <laughs> yeah. Then again, it means you've also got the... Which is, I think is a shame in the console industry, where it's like, oh, you know, here's a game disc, have a 50 gigabyte day yeah. one patch. <laughs> yeah. There's certainly so much that can go into a Blu-ray disc. I mean, they are getting better, but, you know. Hmm. Back in the days when you could just, you know, put, put in the disc and it's ready. Yeah. And then you look at Final Fantasy VII and it's just like, oh, yeah, that's right, four discs. That's mm, right. Four di- Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII had four discs. Final Fantasy VIII had four discs. So when you finish one, you have to put in the other. Oof. There was even um, a driving game that I had called Driver 2 that had two discs on it to play. Like, you got through half the campaign on one and then half the campaign on the other. Never had to install a game with more than one disc, I don't think. Yeah, but, I mean, in saying that, this is going back 20-odd years plus. So... Back when a disc probably had like 56 megabytes or like 58 megabytes on it or something. I guess, Like something really small. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this game is like a bit bigger than that. Oh, no, I feel like, no, there was something I had which used more than one disc, I think. Did Elder Scrolls Online two discs? Elder Scrolls Online... No, I only had one disc. One disc when it, at least was, when it launched. I feel like there was something. I, I, I mean... Whatever. Um, Maybe I can't remember. If it had... Um, did you buy the original launch or, like, an expansion? The original one? launch. No, I got one disc with it. Okay. For PS4 anyway, so... PC? Maybe different? Who knows? Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> it's funny. I bought, like, the special edition for that game, played it for, like, a whole hour, and then didn't touch it again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because I'm not a big into MMOs, and it just seemed like I what I thought it was was mm. Skyrim with other people. Yeah. Hmm. No, it, it was not. <laughs> what, what, what is it? Because I thought a, it was Skyrim with other people. It's um, MMO, RPG. Uh, so, yeah. So basically you know, think of like WoW or like um, Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, so that's sort of top-down running around oh, beating yeah. oh, It's still third-person, first-person whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's, okay. it's not top-down. It's, like, kind of... Um, third-person. Yeah, third-person behind you type thing that you can then, like, scroll into and, yeah. like, zoom in. And then it's, like, you have your all your abilities and stuff that you have to press, like, one, two, three, and four uh, to cast. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, an MMO. Yeah. But then a few years later, at least, Skyrim Together started being built, mm. which mm. I've messed around with. That's good yeah. fun, but it doesn't break. But yeah. it doesn't break. <laughs> I have to say, some of the mods that people do yeah, oh, are yeah. ridiculous. I was watching some video of a uh, guy playing Fallout New Vegas, California. Yeah. Which is basically a completely new Fallout game built on Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. Based in California, and it's really good, mm. apparently. I was like, oh, I really want to do it. But I've got... <laughs> it's like, I look at it, it's like, oh, that looks really cool. I want to do that. Looks at my entire, like, huge backlog of games that I've started and not finished that I really want to get back to. Yep. Yep. That's every gamer, hey. That's the lot. 
Yeah. Mm. I, I look at Fallout 4 and go, I was supposed to play that. I played it for like three hours with all my mods mm. and haven't gotten very far. Yeah. I haven't gone very very far with it. I've not played it for months and I'm very confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always the worst, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, when you go back into a game that you haven't played for months. That's um, what I like about the open world ones where you can just sort of like wander around in. Mm. Yeah, but then it got like, less I hop in and now I just like... wander around again. <laughs> it's get lost and I'm like, wait, where am I supposed to be going? <laughs> I don't mm. There's no landmarks I know because I don't know the Fallout map yet. Yeah. yeah. It's Ugh. a bit hard when you do that. Hmm, that's for sure. Skyrim, I'll, I'll give you a world tour of Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> not a clue of Fallout 4. And on the left, you see the Death Waterfalls. Yeah. <laughs> don't go down there because that'll... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, we should probably have a music break, shouldn't we? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. You've been listening to Tune FM 106.9. I don't want to do these anymore. My voice hurts. <laughs> we'll be back shortly. Wow, this is nearly as good as your cream pie, Marisol. Tune FM.
you called me I didn't even notice You were feeling low and I I didn't even notice Wish there was something I could learn for you Wish there was something I could take from you Welcome back to the Unix Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9, and Blake's here. Yay! I can't hear anything. You oh. can't hear anything? Are you plugged in? I would advise plugging in. <laughs> that might be an idea. Yes. Uh, Top uh, tier professionalism. We uh, yeah. We Is know what we're doing. Own? The head, I think, was one of the headsets in here broken? I don't know. He doesn't know. Um, you might experience... Uh, Poor audio quality, which means I'm going to mute... Take them off for a sec. I'm going to mute <laughs> Nick so that he we don't have to hear his weird echoes. Um, here's a thing. There's a company which has announced a buttonless, portless phone. You mean Apple? Not just Apple. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vivo. Oh. A company called Vivo, which makes the... Um, um, uh, which is also with Oppo, which is another like yeah. one of the... 
Yeah, the weirder. cheapo ones. Yeah. A lot of them. Portless, buttonless, doesn't even have a camera notch because the camera is below the screen. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Which is... Eh, I don't want to have only yeah. wireless charging phones. Eh. Yeah, it's it's weird the way that they're trying to do things like this. It's mm. just like... Also, the screen curves around the phone. Yeah. Not all the way around, but just around the edge. <laughs> it's just like, but, 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 no. I want my headphone jack. <laughs> I want yeah. my headphone jack. I want the jack back. <laughs> I want Petition. the jack back. Petition for the headphone jacks. I think my phone's not been upgraded for years. Yeah. <laughs> I get to keep the headphone jack. Yay. Yeah. It's funny. You have to buy, like, get a lower quality phone to get a headphone jack. And I have to use a stupid dongle. Um, or Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> do um, are Samsung moving towards no headphone jacks as well now? Yeah. yeah. Well, Samsung um, really, like, I get to see it a lot mm. um, at the store. Samsung pushes hard their wireless um, yeah. earbuds. They love them. Yeah. Probably because they're $600 each. I would lose them no. on day, on like day two. Three, seriously? 50? They've just released the second gen ones. Yeah, aren't they 350? They're really expensive. Yeah. You get them for free if you pre ordered a phone. Yeah. For $1,400. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. About that one. You better get something for free for fourteen hundred dollars. A charger and a really good phone. Yeah. Yes, but we included the charger for free with your fourteen hundred dollar phone. But you're yeah, welcome. Um, the S10 and the S20 have no headphone jack. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's very sad. Well, back on temporarily back on the topic of wireless charging. I think PS5 are looking for looking towards putting that into their controllers. Yeah. Yeah. This thing. I think I saw it on <coughs> Twitter yesterday somewhere. Someone yeah. saying that PS5 was going to have wireless charging compatibility for its um, controls, and I think that'll be that's cool. that's cool. Yeah, that's I think cool. console would make more sense than the phones. Can we ah. also can we also get tabletop peripherals where it turns your table entire tabletop into a big charger? Now, what I would like to see with that is the top of the console have a wireless charging thing, so you just have to put your controller on top of the console, and it charges you controller that that, that would, would be cool be really cool yeah yeah didn't that also be be nice for people with their kids who never return the controllers back to where they were yeah mm. you can also get wireless charging cables in the in the hand pieces of your nintendo switch so when you put them back they'll charge they already charge when you oh uh, no them they thought of that <laughs> no it's the, the way that they actually charge is the little connections on the um on the controller. Yeah, but you can't say wireless charging on a package. No. That's because that's it's not even wired charging. That's like just contact pins. Stick them together. <laughs> yeah. And it'll work. <laughs> I think the funny thing though is you said wireless charging cables and I'm like I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a cable. But you, <laughs> you know what? I, I saw um a lounge the other day that had wireless charging port like pads on the lounge itself, like on the like hand rest. Lounges get really complicated, the expensive ones, and I don't know why. And it's just that like, is, what? That's really swanky though. <laughs> it's like, it's funny, the days, there are now days where you have to plug in your lounge. You yeah. <laughs> think yeah. about that for your, a sec. Why is your lounge a, a, a um, uh, power board, USB hub, 
has RGB. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> massage machines built in. And now wireless charging. And now wireless What's charging. What's next? They're going to put a CD drive in and just put a computer in the lounge that just wires up to the television? They use a CD. It is a television. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also a projector. <gasps> That's it. That's the future. And has yeah. a fridge built into the armrest. <laughs> yeah. I, that's much, totally a thing. How much power would that draw? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, oh, yes, my power bill doubled because I plugged in my lounge. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't need any of your other stuff at that point. Mm. Yeah, it's just like... So you can save on some other things, but it also... Why does it do everything? <laughs> why not? The lounge will probably cost about as much as a house anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're expensive, that's for sure. Wait until there's, uh, like, rave lights on the fucking couch, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm. <laughs> Speakers out the side, too. Oh, yeah, yeah that's another thing. That's a thing. Have yep. 7.1 um, surround sound in your lounge. Something explodes on screen and you literally feel it as the lounge almost vibrates through the floor. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you can fit some really big bass drivers in there. So, I mean... This yes. is one tricked out lounge that we're designing. Hey? Yeah. I remember, that reminds me of a video a friend of mine showed me. I think I might have found it online. Um, someone who was just... I think they were going through like an American Maccas. Yeah. They look back over into like the bed of their truck and there's like six big bass speakers all pointed directly down into the um, tray. Tr into the tray, <laughs> and as he grabs the bag of McDonald's, it just starts shaking violently. <laughs> His food goes everywhere because oh, the no. entire truck is basically in the effects of an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> that poor suspension, hey. Oh, it's it's broken. <laughs> oh, you probably removed it to get it to work. Yeah. It's just like, why would you do that though? <laughs> there are limits for a reason. Yeah, but that's no fun. Yeah. I mean, you were just saying that Doom runs at a thousand frames per second. Yes. There are limits for a reason. <laughs> yeah. There's It'll also drive your base however hard you want it to go. <laughs> drive the base into the ground. Drive uh. the base through the base of your house. Yes. <laughs> oh, but... It's funny what technology is going to come up with soon. Yeah. I reckon, like, there will be times where there's going to be, like, a computer that's, like, the size of your phone that's, like, as powerful as our computers in a desktop. I mean, I've seen some pretty wacky designs already. I, I once watched a video on, I think, Unbox Therapy. Mm. It was a fully specced out gaming PC combined with a Switch, a PS4, and a 360, and a new Xbox One. Yeah. And they all worked individually while only plugged into one television. Mm, oh, nice. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Normally you just, like, have to put them all in different HDMIs. And I think it was also, like, 5,000 USD. Oh, that don't help. Yeah. A little bit out of a student budget. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> you know, good old uh, Centrelink mm -hmm. supporting us to get our... Uh, uh, what... Nintendo PlayStation Xbox PC. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's definitely a viable thing you can put on your taxes. No, you see, I needed this for my classwork. <laughs> or else I was going to murder my professor. <laughs> mm. Oh. And with that, we'll go to a music break. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> one of those. Oh, no. That was my thing. No. <laughs> Stolen it. Stolen. Oh, terrible. This has been the Unix Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9, and we'll be back shortly.
recognizing what I'm feeling If I don't know how to move I cannot say what I believe in If I only believe in you I travel many roads And I know what road to choose Now my world is never changing There's anything I can do Cause I found you Yeah, June FM.
Welcome back to the Unix Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. And um, let me just tell, let me just say something here, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a game that I've been playing called Two Point Hospital. Yeah. Right? Really good. It's a hospital building game. Hmm. The the you know how games will have just like an ambient music or something like that in it. In this one, it's got radio. Two point radio. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only um, in-game music that I've actually music slash presenting that I've actually paid attention to. Yeah. And been like, yeah, <laughs> I like this. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, oh. I mean, music isn't something that you typically pay attention to mm. in a game because it's supposed to like... It's supposed to be background noise, but... Yeah. And enhance the experience, not be the experience. Yeah. Yeah, unless you're playing a music-related game. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, Undertale's like that, isn't it? <laughs> Undertale's very heavily musical. Like, you can even tell some characters are connected to each other by whether or not they share parts of their, like, combat themes. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, like, um, specifically, Toriel and Asgore share a lot of similarities in their themes, which I believe are also shared in the final battle against Asriel in some regards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which ones are really connected to Flowey. Um, and I think there's a lot of similarities between Sands and Papyrus, but quite amusingly, there's also a connection between the angry ghost you fight in, like, the dump, mm-hmm. Napsterbluk, and Muffet, in mm. that they all share the same sort of bass riff. Okay. Just something you pick up when you play Undertale <laughs> eight or nine times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that will. I've yeah. finished every ending at least once. I've done the true pacifist, I think, four times. Oh, wow. Um, two of which were directly after my first successful genocide route. Because <laughs> I tried to go in and edit the files to undo it because I felt bad. Yeah. So I sat for three and a half, four hours, blitzing through the pacifist run, found out I failed, looked up a new guide, did, followed the guide then did the entire game again. Wow. <laughs> so I finished the game twice in one day. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oof. No regrets. <laughs> you definitely get your money's worth out of it. That's yeah. for sure. So, um, games news. Yes. Because we do do that occasionally. <gasps> what? Are you sure? Black Mesa. Are you guys familiar with that? The game Black Mesa? No. Uh, the name, I'm yeah. familiar with the name from uh, half It's a remaster of the and remake of the original Half-Life 1 yeah made by a separate studio to Valve and basically they go through and make the game look good for on a modern system play good mm. and fix the final levels of the game because those were actually the worst thing ever that has come out of Valve yeah and it's after 14 years it's finally coming out of early access and going into full release oh really 
Mm. Why did it take them so long? Because it took... Um, they were waiting for Half-Life 3. No, but <laughs> what, what happened was is that the final levels, they always called it early access when they finally released it out to the public. It's been in early access for five years. Yeah. took five years to work out how to fix the final levels of the game. Oh, wow. Because they were that bad. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Wow. And they finally said, we think they're playable now. <laughs> Here, <laughs> what did Valve do? have a go uh, as a non-Half-Life player. What did they do? What was? <laughs> I haven't played the original Half-Life, so yeah, as far as I know, I think they it's were, basically yeah. the say like you've got a game with a secret sauce that makes it really good, mm. and then you f- the final ending of the game is you take that secret sauce away and replace it with the complete opposite of the secret sauce. Yeah. So it becomes really linear, really terrible. There's no puzzles. It's just a meat fat meat. Uh, grinder yeah. death run, basically. I think the most yeah. interesting thing about those final levels was maybe the very poorly constructed first-person jumping. <laughs> no. Because I vaguely remember footage of someone of like jumping around some sort of alien environment. Yeah. But I don't know if that's Half-Life 1 or 2 because I've not played any of them. Yeah. It's funny. None of us have played them. <laughs> Nah, mm. the only Valve games I've played are the Portal games mm. and TF2. Mm. Yeah, I haven't even played TF2. I've played those two, Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah. Mm. I actually vaguely remember playing um, <laughs> TF2 with you, Michael. I think it's why I'm friends with you on Steam. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> okay, so the thing with Zen is there's lots of enemies, lots of shooting, um, but there's no like direction for the levels. It doesn't tell you what to do or where to go. Yeah. So you get lost. There's lots of enemies. There's no ammo. There's uh, very poor level design and jumping puzzles and everything else. So basically, it's like a pile of different things. Yeah. That took them five years to untangle and fix. Jesus. Wow. So oof. Oh yeah, and there were also elevators that would just break your game. Elevators that break your game. Yes. <laughs> what? Nice Valve job. Valve struggles with elevators. Oh. If you've ever seen speedruns of Portal. You'll understand is how badly Valve struggles with elevators. Easily, speedrunners can just break them. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's just like, hmm, I'm going to use this now, and huzzah, I'm over here now. Five levels ahead, or something stupid like that. Like they will skip huge sections of the game with elevators. I've seen some crazy stuff with speedrunning glitches and that. Mm. One of my favorites is probably the workings (coughs) behind the uh, backwards stair long jump in Mario 64, Mm. Uh, because the trick with it is you're not sort of going fast enough to bypass the hitbox of the door at the top of the stairs what you're trying to do is get moving fast enough so that the on one frame you're like on one side of the teleport barrier that stops this keeps teleporting you back down the staircase mm. and on the next frame you're immediately past it yeah so there's no frame in the teleport zone to oh. send you back okay and the same goes with glitching through the door. Mm. On one frame, you're on one side of the door. On the next, on the very next frame, you're on the other side of the door. So there's no frame in which you're colliding with the door. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. How do they figure that out? No one knows. <laughs> a lot of spare time. Now, if you had 1,000 FPS there. <laughs> now, let, me, let me tell you what is just about my favorite hack somebody has done to speedrun a game. All mm-hmm. right? Now, there is a level in GoldenEye 07 for the Nintendo 64, right? 007. 007. <laughs> <laughs> we knew um, what he meant. Um, where you're going through a train. It's not exactly a hard level, yeah. but the problem is, is that there's a section 
like right at the end of the game where the there is a forced you have to sit there and listen to the dialogue before the game ends that level. Yeah. This guy, you know, everyone's been trying to speed run that game, but there's always like a speed cap to it. You couldn't do it faster than this. Yeah. There was this guy who did it significantly faster than that mm. and posted, you know, the standard proofs and everything else to show that he'd done it. And everyone freaked out. It's like, how have you managed to do this? Mm. Like, you've literally just skipped unskippable parts of the game. Turns out what he'd done was he'd gotten one N64 controller to play the game with, plugged a second one mm. into, the, into the controller. When he got to the unskippable spot, he would, he'd opened up the N64 controller so you could see the PCB. He'd pressed down on the PCB of the controller, which freaked out the game, mm. caused the game to freeze. But the thing was is that the timer for that, um, there's two timers running in the game. The first game uh, timer is how long you've been in the level. Yeah. And the second timer is how long that dialogue takes. Yeah. The dialogue counter would count down, but the how long you've been in the game would freeze. Yeah. So you could actually skip that entire section by, like, breaking an N64 <laughs> controller and then unfreezing it after that timer for the um, dialogue has gone down. And oh. just skip it entirely in your speedrun stats. Yeah. Wow. And everyone's just like, what is this? <laughs> no. So he still had to actually sit there and do it. He had, like, to sit there, he had to sit there and freeze the game for that long. Yeah. But by freezing the game, he stopped the counter for how long he's um, he's been taking to do it. Oh, okay. I feel like that constitutes cheating. Oh. Yes, people weren't exactly happy with it. Yeah. Understandable, they broke something for it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're not just the game. Mechanic. You're not just using the game. You're actually like mm. freaking out the console. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Skyrim's also got some funny little speed running tricks. I don't know how many of them still work in Special Edition though. Mm. I remember, special um, Edition broke so much stuff. Uh, do you guys know the mission where you have to go and pick up the Elder Scroll for um, that college professor mm. from mm. the Dwarven Ruin? Yeah, you can actually in the original you could skip the entire Dwarven Ruin through the power of a dinner plate. By oh, walking yes. to the exit, like, gate where you go up and down at the end of, like, after you open the scroll. Yeah. Putting, picking up the plate by holding the pickup button until it's floating around. Yeah. Placing it against the um, gate and walking into it until you glitched through the gate. <laughs> yep. Same goes for glitching out of White Run to go steal from uh, Yawl and Greyman's chest under his forge. <laughs> <coughs> and there was another one in um, the Blue Palace in Solitude where you could glitch through one of the walls and if you looked around quick enough, you could find a chest with every spell in it outside of the Master Destructions. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So I never got that one working, but I did manage to run into the wall so fast I ran through it and out the other side in the next hallway. <laughs> that was fun. It's just like, oh, you, what has just happened? So this is interesting. I've just looked up speedrunning and to look at sort of the origin of it. Yeah. And it was the original id software Doom yeah. that started it off. Mm. And originally there was a whole bunch of different, like, speedrunning categories that they would, like, compete for. Yeah. And one of the more popular ones was the um, was uh, playing the game in Tyson mode. Where you'd go around and kill all the monsters as fast as possible while punching them like Mike Tyson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course they would do that. Um, but eventually there's so many people doing all that sort of stuff that it just sort of became unpopular. Mm. Yeah, you Because know, you'd compete to get these achievements and these titles and stuff. 
Yeah. When so many people had them, it was worthless. They just sort of gave up. And once that collapsed, then they started bringing out true speedrunning, which is just get through it as fast as possible. Go. Yeah. And then they started playing Dark Souls, but with Guitar Hero controllers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen one that he's played it with bananas. <laughs> yeah, I've seen League of Legends play with bananas, uh, potatoes, oranges, wow. uh, a Wii remote. <laughs> <laughs> why? It's not why, it's why it's not. We. <laughs> it's, it's, it's we not. It's we. Uh, oh, terrible. Is what people come up with and like what challenges they put on themselves is just like, mm. why? And the amount of time that they that you have to spend perfecting it. Because at this point, to do a better doom run means that the things you have to do are frame perfect if not tighter yeah hmm. like half frame perfect which is just ridiculous yeah yeah also i love the whole thing where you know uh the way you move around in doom is you turn around and run backwards jumping because that speed cap is higher than yeah. it, running fast. forwards yeah it's fast so you can move that. faster just just ugh. how did that <laughs> Every game ever I've heard, you walk backwards, you're moving slower. Yeah. Well, there's some games where it's actually really great. Like, there's this one very infamous racing game mm. where, like, this game was terrible. The enemy trucks don't have, like, the uh, hostile racers, the other racers, don't have AI, so they just sit at the start line. Oh. What? Yeah. Like, this is a game that released. The best part is, though, that reverse doesn't have a speed cap, which means that if you pull it off right, you can start a race start backing up in a circle and eventually you get so fast that the game logic freaks out assumes that you are everywhere on the map at once and then you finish the game because being everywhere on the map at once you're also past the finish line which is really dumb why would they release a game that doesn't have working AI races like what how did that happen I don't know they wanted money and didn't actually care about the game Probably. Mm. They would get no money and no good reviews for that. I don't no, see, I'm Unless it was from before think, a time when that mattered. Oh, no, YouTubers. It was after a time, I think, when that mattered. Because I think I've actually heard about this. And it's so bad that people check it out to see why it's so bad. Okay, so... Oh, so it's like the room. It's, it's, the game, yeah. it's the game called Big Rigs. And this guy has posted a video of him driving at 12.3 undecillion miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> One moment. I don't know what that is, zero but okay. Undecillion? Mm. Undecillion. How the hell do you spell that? Like, it sounds actually undecillion. Um... How many zeros is there? 36. Oh. 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 Yeah. Um, 10 to the... What's the speed of light again? (laughs) Less than that. Less than that. 300 million? (laughs) Yeah. 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 300 million Ks an hour, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's going like five, what, like, or I think it's like three hundred million kilometers a second. And yeah, and oh, undecillion is ten to the thirty-six. He probably oh, is going to speed a lot. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more than that, I think. Because like the, I'm looking at like a handful of ones that's like going up in sets of three numbers. Octillion, which is like the high end of what you normally hear here with things, is twenty-seven zeros or nine less. Yeah. Mm. It's a million of those. Uh, Sorry, a, a billion of, of those. Yeah. My favorite one, though, is the uh, uh, Googleplex. Oh, yeah. Which is 10 to the power of 10 mm. to the power of 100. Because, mm. yay. <laughs> so I've just pulled up a list of all the like full zero numbers in order of how many zeros there are. 
10, 100,000 goes all the way up to quadrillion, which is 15 zeros. Mm. Octillion is 27. Duodecillion is 39, or one step up from an undecillion. Mm-hmm. Sextacillion is 51 zeros, or 17 groups of three zeros. Oh, wow. Mm. Uh, septendecillion, a vigintillion is 63 zeros. And the next one up on that from the list is a centillion, or 303 zeros. Mm. Why 303, though? Divisible by three? I don't know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember I once watched a, vi- a Because Science video where they worked out the chances of um, quantum tunneling through the wall at platform nine and three quarters. Yeah. And he couldn't verbalize how large the number was <laughs> because there wasn't enough time since the beginning of the universe <laughs> to tell you how many zeros there was. Mm. Wow. That was just mm. like zero, 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 zero. Yeah. And a, a similar one was like, with that meme of this series but every time this thing happens this other thing is put in there mm. i think it, uh, a game theory video i was watching a while ago did one of those for like it was the entire ice age pentology no wait, the entire toy story series mm. but every time but for every frame that green was on screen it played i think the entirety of spongebob backwards then there was another thing there that played every moving the Ice Age pentology <laughs> and then for every syllable of that it played something else. Oh wow. And it the time he worked out it would take for that was like from the beginning of the universe to now we would only have been like ten minutes into the first Ice Age movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, it, it's stupid. So he's like, you know, this this video is not that long. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, why is it that we get so sidetracked on random stuff? Like, I'm looking up the theoretical limits of a 64-bit computer now to see if that like comes close to it. No, nope. It's really sad. <laughs> you can go faster. Ah. Um, I need to find some actual interesting news. Plague Inc. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, the very popular game right now that everyone's playing. Yay! It's banned in China. <laughs> Can't play it anymore. Because everyone kept calling their disease coronavirus <laughs> and starting it in China. Mm. Yeah. So they banned it. Yeah. Yep. I uh, guess no, like, reason has been released mm-hmm. other than the Chinese government suddenly decided that they don't like it anymore. And then the Chinese Bell's government. still trying to get it back there. Yeah. Right. Hey, isn't getting banned by China like a badge of honor at this point? <laughs> Probably. No, to be honest. They I mean, ban South everything. South Park got banned. Yeah. But it doesn't take much for South Did Park. Did South Park make an episode talking about being banned by China before or after they got banned by China? Right after. Right um, after. Oh, no. I, I believe uh, a little the phrase bit too late. was uh, F the Chinese government. <laughs> oh. <Nice. laughs> mm. I wonder why they got banned. Yeah. Oh, no. that was They made it that point after the fact. Mm. <laughs> I wonder why they're still banned then. <laughs> they don't care. They'll make that joke. <laughs> the only reason their show still exists is because they don't care about anything. Yeah. Uh, and the there's still plenty time... of people who like to watch it. Yeah, the so. amount of times that they've been sued. <laughs> mm. They couldn't care. Yeah. I love their... Um, I was watching a little bit of a documentary on their... Um, uh, the way that they make the episodes. Yeah. And it will be as much as 
it's like Sunday, they haven't come up with an idea for a show that airs Monday. <laughs> and they're like, oh, what do we do? I don't know. This. Yeah. Hey, guys, go. <laughs> <laughs> then everyone freaks out. Sounds like the production of Anthem at that point. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't figure out what they were, what the game was meant to be until it was shown at E3. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really sad when you get games like that with tacked-on yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I remember last week you were saying you wanted to get Anthem while it was dirt cheap. Yeah. It's down to 14 bucks. It's actually cheaper than Mass Effect Andromeda now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, because I, I reckon it will bounce back. Yeah. Just, see a no Man's Sky. Are you thinking it's going to do a No Man's Sky? Yeah, I just reckon it's going to take two years. <laughs> I mean, it took them until March to take the Christmas the, decorations down. The yeah. head of the the head of the development studio that made Anthem mm. has left. Yeah, he's quit. He's done. So is like three other people. Everyone's gone done. Joined the same new um, studio, I think, running with Wizards of the Coast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. wow, I think Wizards of the Coast are working on a new game as well, including. The new Baldur's Gate because that is their sort IP. of property. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. they've brought a bunch of people in for that and to make new games. And I'm vaguely hoping they buy Mass Effect and Dragon Age because I don't want them ruined again. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, with Anthem, like after its launch, the uh, lead people directing it basically, like the first person left. Then another person had to step up. Then they left, and another person had to step up, and wow. then they left. Wow, this is a mess. I'm out. Who's I'm up done. next? I'll yeah. take it on. It's like oh, as no. soon as they start getting the papers to say, "Hey, this is the actual state of everything." Like, oh no! This <laughs> is like oh oh. oh. <laughs> all of our development teams have coincidentally all left. Yeah. So we just hired some random guys off the street. Who said that they knew what Tetris was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played Tetris back in the day. Speaking of, I saw a thing the other day. It was really cool. Mm. Um, this video about um, how indestructible Nintendo products are. Yeah. They have, uh, they call it the Bomb Boy. Yeah. It's an old, like, one of the, like, original Game Boys. Yeah. That was hit by a bomb in Afghanistan. Oh. Oh wait, no, I saw that. And it's yeah. still playing Tetris. Oh wow. The reason it's only it's still playing Tetris is because the battery and game cartridge fused into the thing because it melted. Mm. So now it's permanently plugged into a thing and can only play Tetris. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was <laughs> Vietnam. I think it was the Gulf War. Because oh, yeah. I remember reading about it and there was another thing on the article I was reading about someone who tried to break a Pokemon red cartridge yeah. by <laughs> drilling through it, pouring it in alcohol. Dipping it in alcohol completely, running a magnet across it, my setting it on fire, my favorite and it one. still didn't break. My favorite one is the part where a guy did a video on setting the GameCube on fire while playing a game, and the FPS went up. <laughs> <laughs> it went up. Oh. What the hell? <laughs> I'm on fire now. Guess I'm going to run more. So I'm on fire. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, terrible. maybe it was trying to run fast enough to put the fire out. <laughs> maybe it was trying to get the fan to put the fire out for it. <laughs> uh, weird stuff. Anyway, we've been talking for ages. We should probably go to a music break. Yeah. Also, it's getting dark in here, and I want to turn on a light. Mm. That too. You've yeah. been listening to Tune FM 106.9 at the Unix Radio Show, and we will be back shortly. She got out of town. On a railway in New York bound 
to call except my name Another alien on Broadway Well, some things in this world you just can't change Some things you can't see until it gets too late And baby, 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 when all your love is gone Who will save me from all I'm up against out in this world? And maybe, maybe, maybe you'll find something that's enough to keep you But if the bright lights don't receive you You should turn yourself around and come on home
Welcome back to the Unix Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. And um, so I began the show earlier talking about NVIDIA's 30 series cards. Yeah. So I thought I might go back and look at some of the um, leaks about mm. that. Um, now, as far as I can tell, there's a couple um, uh, SKUs. Mm. So um, the 3080 which is what they think the leaks are, you know, about. Yeah. Um, a couple different SKUs of that. Uh, 10 to 20 gigabytes of VRAM and a 320-bit memory bus. Yeah. Um, and the 3070, 8 to 16 gigs of RAM and a 256-bit uh, memory bus. Yeah, okay. With uh, 3,840 cores. In the 3080. For reference, the 2080 Super has 3,072 cores. So you're getting an extra 800 cores, pretty much. So much processing. Um, and it's also 7 nanometer. Oh, okay. So um, they're, you know, according to their architecture, people are expecting 50% better performance while consuming less power. Mm. Could be cool. Yeah. Because it means it won't be as hot, which means it won't run as loud because it's not running fans as hard. Mm. Maybe. So, then, I just, sorry, I just stumbled across some interesting stuff because I just thought, well, I've got a bunch of gaming news on my Twitter half the time. May as well look to see if there's anything interesting. Yeah. So, um, you guys know Platinum Games? They're known, I think, for Bayonetta. Yeah, Bayonetta, um, Nier Automata. Yeah, Nier Automata, very good game. I mm. think I haven't even done. I think I've done one of the joke endings where you uninstall your CPU <laughs> in your robot character and then die. Um, fun fact: half off at the moment. Fun f- more fun fact, I already own it on PlayStation. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, just if anybody... Oh, half off on Steam, I should say. Fair. So, yeah. if anybody wants to pick that up, it's like 20-something bucks at the moment. Another cool thing. Dragon Ball Fighters is 75% off on the PlayStation Store. I got the Fighters edition with the first eight DLCs for 30 bucks, down from 145 Jeez. Oh, but um, Platinum is doing a game called Wonderful 101. Yeah. Um, um, and they've recently admitted that the Kickstarter actually had nothing to do with raising funds to yeah. make the game. 
It was for bringing fans together and for self-publishing, but the Kickstarter funds will be going towards tier rewards, additional content, and other such stuff. So so what happened with that was that it was a Nintendo Wii U game to begin with. Hmm. And this fundraiser was to bring it to, I think, PC as well. Like, make it, give it a wider audience type thing. So, yeah, and to double in self-publishing so they don't have to deal with, like, (coughs) EAs and Microsofts and stuff. Because Microsoft killed a game that I really wanted to play. Which one? Scalebound. Platinum Platinum was going to make Scalebound. And then halfway through development, Microsoft shut it down. And I'm just like, no, Microsoft, why? I would have bought an Xbox One X for that game. What kind (laughs) of game was it? It was... So, I'm a big, like, nerd and fantasy... We couldn't have told because you're on a radio show about that sort of thing, could we? Anyway, it was basically you were like a, f- a guy that's like a, f- a warrior fighter type thing, but you're also like part dragon and you have a dragon friend that you can customize. And I was so into that. And I was just like, four player drop in, drop out, co op. And well, it's going to be like Borderlands, but. Yeah, kind Borderlands, of. Borderlands, but with dragons. Yeah, and yeah. I was so into it. I saw it at, like, E3, what, 2015 and 2016? Like, they showed off, like, uh, um, like combat with four people going around, like, this big monster. And I was like, yeah, this looks cool. I want to be a part of this. Microsoft in the background. Hmm, yes, that's a lot of intrigue. It'd be a shame if anything were to happen to it. Boop. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's just like, no. So Microsoft owns, like, the entire IP. Ah. And so Platinum Games can't do anything with it. And it's mm. just like, oh, you got my hopes up. And now you've dashed them. Yeah. Thanks, Microsoft. So you got a half-finished game, but they can't pick it up. Yeah, so Platinum Games can't touch it. Unless Microsoft gives them permission to. Yeah. Because Microsoft owns it. Sort of like trying to make a Star Wars game without Disney. Yeah. And then, so, and if Microsoft goes with another publisher, then they have to re... uh, Sorry, with a different developer, then they have to basically remake the entire game and that loses half of its appeal. Because, like, Mm. the, the director of Platinum Games... He has this certain type of quirkiness to his games, yeah. and he was throwing that in as well. So if you t- um, if you make it with a different developer, you get rid of the bit of the quirkiness that was already in the game. Like trying to make a Metal Gear game without Kojima. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, did you mean Metal Gear Survive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, some more stuff I just stumbled across, because this one's a bit more on the line of people doing terrible things in video games. <laughs> um, the game, what was it? Dead or Alive 6. Yeah. Um, it's charging players to change hair color. Not like you have to do a microtransaction to buy a new hair color. You want to go from brown to blonde? $1. What's that? You want to go back to brown? Give me another dollar. What? Oh, okay. Paying per aesthetic change. Why? Because money. Are they copying EA now? Like... No, that is worse than EA. Because yeah. EA would at least let you go back free of charge. Hey, don't give them ideas. This <laughs> is going to be the one thing we give them credit for. Yeah. They may be money-grabbing ho- 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> can't, but, can't quite say that one on radio. But, uh, pigs, money-grubbing pigs. But That's at, okay. At least, you know, they have a line. They figured out where the line was. Yeah. They crossed the line. They got pushed back across the other side of the line, and now they don't step over that line too much and anymore. Then they made uh, Fallen Order. And it sounds like it's gone very well. Yeah. yeah. Who would have known? Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order really was quite a surprise. But then again, it shows what happens when you let those developers do what they want. Well, and you yeah. listen to the fans. Yeah, mm. but also Respawn Entertainment, which is the developer that made Fallen Order, yeah. is actually a really good developer. Mm-hmm. They made Titanfall, and um, yeah. they were um, people that made the original um, Call of Duties. And then they jumped off yeah. the boats f- when um, Activision started putting their foot down on it. They're like, yeah. okay, not nah, we're out. Ma- made another studio called Respawn and then joined up with uh, so, EA. So, like, the original guys from, what is it, Treyarch? Yeah. Or, so it, was yeah. a, it was either Treyarch or... Treyarch. Like, yeah. So it's yeah. Treyarch and yeah. Infinity Ward. Infinity Ward, yeah. yeah Treyarch pro- and Infinity I Ward. I think it was from Infinity Ward. They were from mm. Infinity Ward. <coughs> but um, I'm not t- I can't remember too much. But, um... But it also doesn't help that um, EA. Uh, so yeah, Fallen Order did do very well. I think it um, got like six hundred, uh, six hundred million dollars in like, you know, the first couple of months or something. Mm. Like they they sold like a fair. A they lot. did really well. They did really well with it. Um, but you put that into comparison, like they made like let's. I think it was six hundred million. In the same quarter, they made over $2 billion of microtransactions. Mm. The other sad <laughs> thing as well is that um, Star Wars is a IP that um, that they're just not, EA is not going to pursue. Yeah. Just for the fact that they will eventually not own it anymore, that Disney, the, the rights go back to Disney and Disney can sell them off to whoever they want. Mm. It is a limited time deal. So it means they're not going to invest huge amounts of time developing the Star Wars IP, which they're going to lose when they want to develop IPs that they are permanently going to own and just can churn out sequels as mm. much as they like. I just pulled up some numbers. Um, <coughs> in the first quarter, um, Fallen Order sold about 8 million units. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they did so. really, really well. Which is odd that EA executive said that they were surprised that a single player Star Wars with good storytelling everything mm. they were would do well trying to protect their image because one of the most memed phrases right now is that gamers don't want single player games mm. God of War in the distance sharpening attacks <laughs> well here's the thing right is that yeah they sold what, how, how much did you say 8 million 8 million units they sold 8 million units but like Nick said that was not the majority of their money. They made so much more money in microtransactions. Hmm. So if you look at it from a purely financial point of view, which is what business executives look at, look at the thing that people put their money towards is what people want. And as far as they can tell from a financial point of view, people want microtransactions yeah. because it, people pay for them. It makes up about two thirds of their revenue. Hmm. Mm. And, it's and a, they're it's getting a, scummier and scummier with them with each game. Mm. Well, the the thing is, is like if you work out something that people are willing to pay for, yeah, you will just keep on doing it. It just so happens that what people are willing to pay for is recognized as really damaging and really bad, but because people are still paying for it, 
Mm. They'll keep on doing it. If people stop buying microtransaction stuff, they would stop doing it. Yeah, for some countries... Uh, starting to stop microtransactions, so they're going to have to swap over eventually. Oh, loot boxes, loot, loot boxes. Micros. Which, well, uh, uh, Battlefront had loot yeah. boxes. Yeah, so loot boxes are different to microtransactions. Microtransactions is just any transaction you make after your initial purchase mm. in a game. Yeah. So it could be like a cosmetic, like a $5 like helmet or something. Or buying a new character in a fighting game, whereas a loot box is typically a microtransaction with a randomized outcome. Yeah. yeah. That's what people are cracking down on. Yeah. yeah. Because so it's... Because that can... EA's all like, no, it's not gambling. <laughs> then they release the ads for the new NBA game where and you spin the roulette wheel, pull the pokey machine, yeah. trying to get the character you want. Literal gambling, like visuals. What was that phrase? Surprise mechanics? Yeah. Surprise, yeah. Mechanics. It's surprise mechanics. Mm. <laughs> it's not theft, it's surprise bankruptcy. Yeah. Now here's a here's an interesting thing. Like this is a definition provided by a not gaming related but a um uh legal currency <laughs> oriented um, and like investing website. Yeah. Microtransactions definition is a modern business model that offers the purchasing of virtual goods with very small amount sums of money. Um, they provide revenue for the developers of most free-to-play games and other stuff as well. They're often divided between those that give in-game advantage and are only improving the game experience with visual, audio, or other types of aesthetic content. Yeah. Now, so loot boxes is a type of microtransaction, but a microtransaction is a broad yeah. overall term. Like, <coughs> a developer I've seen do really well with microtransactions is actually Warframe. Which mm. you guys may know I play quite a lot at Game Society with um with Sam and Pat. Yeah. Um they actually accidentally made a loot box of sorts with one of their um cosmetic things for the pets. Saw someone pressed the button and paid for like two hundred of these things, went, Oh dear god, we've made a slot machine and immediately removed it. Oh wow. And then there's just the platinum purchases, which are they range from before discounts and such from like five dollars australian up to like 150 yeah but in your daily bonuses you get discount vouchers yeah from 20 to 50 even 70 percent off that's fairly good to the point where a 70 percent off thing i've had moments where one of my friends one of his friends got a 70 percent voucher and he was like hey you want to cut of the cake (laughs) you send this much to me i'll send it to her and we split the platinum yeah because we were able to get the $150 package for, like, 60 bucks. Oh, nice. And we all walked out of it with, like, a couple hundred to a couple thousand plat out of it. <laughs> and you just like, yay. Yay, I can, I can buy more cosmetics because that's all it's really usable for. Yeah. Skipping mm. the grind and build times and buying cosmetics. But they also have another form of cosmetics in the form of Tenogen, which are actually player-made cosmetics that you have to spend actual money on you can't use plat for it and they're a bit more expensive yeah typically two to eight dollars yeah but most of that money goes to the creator Mm, okay so um digital extremes only gets like a couple dollars to maybe half of each of these tenogen purchases Mm. and the rest of it goes to the person that created it Mm. and half the time they look better than the stuff de gives us yeah i'm just gonna say as well you know, for <laughs> microtransactions and stuff like that a lot of it's getting people excited for it yeah, and mm. wanting it and one thing that really struck me 
was how much people were in I don't even have the word for it. How much people wanted this thing in Fortnite called a minty pickaxe. Yeah. Which is just a skin for your pack. It doesn't do anything. It's just cosmetic. Mm. Uh, somebody I know bought her son wanted that for Christmas. Yeah. One singular weapon skin for a, for a game. That was for near 200 Australian dollars. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Have you Almost seen the Dota 200. Market? Yeah, I know. Okay, <laughs> so here's the thing, though, right? Is that for the most part, Dota um, and CSGO and even TF2 in a way, you know, at least the people who are making those purchases are, I assume, older. And also, there isn't such a pop culture, like... Okay, so for instance, you know, I have particular cosmetics in TF2. You know, if I was a kid at school, I wouldn't be going to school and having kids raving about, oh, you know, this special skin in TF2. They oh, will I, I, rave about a minty pickaxe because the YouTuber they like laughing at is using one. Yeah. So they want mm. it and they will pester their parents for it. So this kid now has a $200 pickaxe skin. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> To reconnect, because this is actually something I can relate back <coughs> to Warframe again. They actually have a market thing of their own, mm. which can get pretty excessive, because it's a there's a very good sort of community and market for platinum in order to get the weapons for the prime part, the prime parts for the prime weapons, prime character frames, and mods. Some of the some of the better mods will run people like if the rarer they are, the more platinum it'll cost you. Yeah. Sometimes it'll cost up to 300 flat, which is probably about $10 mm. for one mod. Um, but things do get excessive with the prime parts if a frame has been in what's called the vault for too long. Because mm. in order to get the prime parts in-game, you have to crack relics. But because there's like 40 different frames and, and octillion weapons at this point, mm -hmm. um, not all of them are available at, any, at every given time. They get vaulted, and you can't access them anymore unless you already have that relic. Yeah. But you can't get more of the relics. So the price on the marketplace goes up because it's not run by yeah. DE. Yeah, it, it's like um, supply and demand. Yeah, it's a supply yeah. and demand thing. And But they watch the market, and they <coughs> see, okay, so Valkyrie Prime's price is getting kind of excessive. Let's unvault her, mm. which drops the price. Yeah. And they... That's... And they watch it and affect the supply and demand so that people aren't getting scalped for parts. Okay, let me let me say this. I you know, Team Fortress 2 is what I play, which has that sort of system in it. And I, you know, prefer in a way Valve's way of doing it, which is they just let the market and the community do whatever they like. You know, Steam obviously provides their Steam marketplace for people to do that on, which is typically a terrible idea because their prices there are actually higher than trade sites mm -hmm. where, um, for trade items and stuff like that. I vastly prefer the idea of it being a open market where prices are just based off of the demand for the thing versus them messing with it. Yeah, but it's like if a particular weapon or weapon skin or particular, what is it, oddity? <laughs> Uh, cosmetics in TF2. Yeah, yeah, no, but in, what, in what's the rare Warframe? I don't know. No, what's what's the special one? Oh, unusuals. Unusuals. Yeah, mm. it would be like if a certain unusual, um, just was 
not able to be got anymore. Yeah, off if any of is the vaulted, the only way to get it is to have mm. that stuff. There, are, yeah, there are items like that in TF2. Like mm. the one that I I get stupidly excited for is an afro which has a TF2 logo flying around it. Like you can't. It's literally the first cosmetic in the game with one of the first unusual effects in the game that you basically just can't get anymore. And it's cool. And it's a dumb looking cosmetic. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Is it part of an event or? No, it's just such an ancient. It's a it's a loot crate actually that they just stopped ma- like yeah. releasing. Yeah. So mm. people just opened them, which is yeah. dumb because now the loot crate is actually worth something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is really stupid. I mean, the only market manipulation Valve has ever really done with their TF2 was they released, like, the most minor of patches. And apparently the, one of the issues with developing for that game is that it's such a spaghetti of code because so many people have worked on it. Yeah. That if you change one thing, everything else everything else breaks. Mm. Like, I think they changed, like, how an in-game item worked. Mm. And all of a sudden... Three of their loot crates, which were fairly common, had a 100% rare item drop rate. <laughs> it completely broke the economy, and it was hilarious. Welcome and to game coding. Yay, we did it. And then, and then Valve was just like, hmm, yes, that, that's a thing. So I'm going to remove all the things that those crates dropped since no, they that patch. They didn't, they, didn't take it, they didn't remove the items from people's inventories. Huh. I loved how they did it, actually. They said... The first item that you unboxed from those crates will remain tradable and active on the market. Everything else will remain untradable and just be in your inventory. You can use them however you like. You just can't give them to other people or mm. sell them. Okay. Fair enough. So like, Which is really cool because it worked out well for me because the first item I got was terrible, so I gave it to a friend. Mm. So they went off the next item available yeah. that I'd gotten, and it's actually worth something, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. But nice. so uh, hmm. I, I mean, I've, I've got a bunch of crates on my um, TF2 account that just aren't open because mm. a bunch of them are from events that no longer exist. Because I just, I, yeah, I don't you never spend money bother on with them. Yeah, you, you got to buy the keys. The interesting thing though is uh, I look at the Premier Trade site right now, and currently the most expensive buy order where someone is saying I will pay this much for the item is two thousand eight hundred US. And this isn't an item that you can't get anymore. This is an item that you can get. Mm. It's just quite rare and difficult to get. Mm. And it's a golden frying pan. <laughs> the Australian frying pan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is this is Valve Games for you. <laughs> yes. One of the reasons why I guess why I personally think DE runs it a bit better is because unlike with Valve, the stuff that you're trading for actually affects the gameplay. Mm. So it's that, yeah, that I can understand that it's not yeah. cosmetic items because cos- yeah. yeah, you can't trade cosmetics because you typically have to buy them directly. Mm. There are only a handful you can trade, and they're the ones that are accessible just by grinding. That's fair enough that they are trying to regulate game-changing items because you know this yeah. frying pan. It may be worth two thousand eight hundred dollars. It can be described to adversely affect your gameplay because as soon as you pull it out everyone is going to look at you and, <laughs> and then the f- they're going to dunk you and then the f- you know because they want to get your frying pan and the other one part is it's also just about the loudest melee in the game like you can hear <laughs> this hitting someone from a mile away <laughs> I think that's just so you, you can't be well like melee weapons in the game aren't too loud 
unless you're using the frying pan. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a sniper mm-hmm. doing sniper things, and from like a mile away, you hear some poor guy getting frying pans. Like, yeah. oh gosh, there's somebody behind me. There's <laughs> like an Australian butterfly knife or something for the spy, mm-hmm. where if you get the backstab, it turns him into a gold statue. Yeah, yeah those are yeah. kind of amusing. I remember one of the only things I ever <coughs> bought on TF2, I had like five bucks on my account, so I bought a handful of weapons as a starter thing. Mm. I bought the Spicicle so I wouldn't keep getting fried by um, pyros. That's a, that's a <laughs> stupid thing as well. That is one thing that I find is really dumb mm. by Valve. To trade for all the weapons in the game yeah. costs about 50 cents. To buy from Valve all the weapons in the game is something like 150 bucks or more. Before they start adding new weapons in. Yeah, they... But, you know... Like, oof. <laughs> Doesn't the Pyro have a jetpack now? Yes. And you can only get it by buying a ticket to do a bunch no. of missions um, for it, right? Uh, no. So the way that that event worked was that the new weapon unlocks were through a free series of contracts. Mm. The extra contracts basically got you access to skins for weapons and... Oh. I have to look at that properly. Yeah, it then, literally just gave you loot boxes. <laughs> you you can still access it, I think. Yeah, yeah, you still can. So I need to look through it to get that stuff. Because mm. I, I just don't play very much anymore. Mm. The last time I played, I was with a friend and some of his friends playing Man... Um, man versus Machine. Man versus Machine. But we could only play, like, the basic map because I don't have any tickets for it. Because mm. I don't play it enough to spend money on it. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's something I liked about uh, TF2 is, like, literally the only thing that people pay money for to play on the on the special maps is because they get a few loot drops, and the only loot drop that anyone cares about is the golden frying pan <laughs> because it's worth $28,000, yeah. $2,800. Yeah. Um, God, I thought trading card games like Magic were ridiculous. One of the cards in the new Throne of Eldrain set is, like, two $300 for one card. Oh, no, there's some people that would have decks that are, like... Five, Fel- six thousand dollars, mm, yeah. and single cards that can be like I think there's single cards that can be like fifteen thousand dollars. Mm. I don't get why someone would pay that much for a piece of cardboard because it's extremely rare and extremely useful, probably. Yeah, and then it immediately gets ban hammered in the next week. Yeah. How how expensive did you say items in Warframe could typically go um, up to? Depends on the mod, like. I think one of the ones recently was upwards of like a thousand to two thousand plaque because it hadn't been brought back in like two years. But for a high-end mod like uh, Condition Overload, I think I paid about three hundred and fifty platinum for it. Which okay. Is in uh, that's probably about ten bucks. Yes. Yeah, so Sixteen thousand five hundred dollars for the current most expensive item in Team Fortress Two. Wow. I will quickly hop onto the Warframe market see what I... <laughs> there you go. Expensive I mean, is it, now, is it a golden frying pan? No. <laughs> the golden frying pan is how much that person's... is how much currently the most expensive item someone is willing to pay for. Mm. <laughs> Nobody's willing to pay $16,000 for this hat. Oh, wow. It's, it's, not, a even a, it's, it's a not even a good hat. Uh-huh. I don't think it's a very good hat. Should a Burning good. Flames team captain. Google it sometime. It's ridiculous. Currently valued at sixteen thousand dollars. I mean, somebody might buy that for sixteen. Okay, somebody will buy that. <laughs> People are currently offering to pay um, <laughs> forty let's bucks. Five hundred and thirty-five keys. That is. 
Five, I'm gonna five. set a random minimum. Um, eleven hundred dollars. Oh, that's okay. the offer. Yeah, not what people are currently pricing so it at. So not even ten percent. There are. <laughs> um. Okay. Nine of these in the world. Oh. So like, there's a reason why it's considered to be so expensive. Yeah. So I've just pulled up. I set a random price of 600 platinum on the market. Mm. There is only two objects of 600 <coughs> platinum or more. Mm. One person selling an uh, well, at least in the recent. Okay, I'm gonna go on to on um all time on site. Well, all because mm. it tells you whether or not someone's online or if they're offline yeah because you have to actually go into the game to trade with them oh okay it's an arcane energize for 1100 platinum or an arcane grace for 800 platinum so if I go onto the warframe site I think I think a thousand plat will run you about at least seventy dollars seventy for... yeah and that's not even a <clears throat> unavailable item that's just a really rare drop chance for a really useful arcane yeah. item. And it's not even that useful anymore because they're patching out the ability to stack multiple of the same arcane. Oh, okay. Because hmm. people were... Because it, it was getting busted. Yeah. I love... I just did it for the memes, but uh, years ago I got given a chicken emoji, emo, emoji in Steam. Yeah. I currently have it listed in the Steam um, marketplace for $1,800 US, oh which is the maximum you're allowed to sell items for. Yeah. It's because <laughs> one okay. of these days someone will buy my chicken. <laughs> it's so <laughs> shitty low pixel chicken. If you want to get even close to buying that Arcane <clears throat> Energize, which is 1100 platinum, you need to spend $65. That's a microtransaction. Mm. $16,000 is a macrotransaction. <laughs> yeah. The House? most you can buy, House. the biggest Hat. transaction on Warframe is <coughs> $221 Australian for 4300 platinum. Oof. Which, um, if I just do some quick additional math, so if I go... 221 and 70% of it. So if you lock out and get the biggest discount, because mm. remember, these give, they give them to you free. You don't have to do anything to cash them in. $150. Jeez. Nah. Or the okay. next one down is 110 Oh, this is just sad. Or about 30 Okay, so CSGO goes to $1,100, most expensive item. Dota mm. 2, $3,800. Uh, $38,000. Oh, Oh no. Why? Why do people spend so much money on stuff? Why? Mm. Oh, cool, my phone's dead. My own soul is crushed. I'm very sad. <laughs> I didn't get to do Nyx today. And now I'm just sad. <laughs> no. Oh, this is the worst. I don't like it, Nick. <laughs> is this what you feel like every show? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Aww. Feel my pain. Oh no, I don't like it. Oh. But saying that, we should probably start wrapping up. You can do it. I can do it. Do it, Nick! Five in time! Woo! Woo! He's been so keen to do this all of trimester three. So, next... Oh, sorry. Tomorrow now. Tomorrow. My time is disappearing. He doesn't know what day it is, everyone. <laughs> we have games night tomorrow. Woo, woo, woo. Um, so yeah. we start at 6 p.m. up at the Stro. Hopefully we'll be set up by that time. Um, I know for a fact that Chris and I, with our f 
with um, a couple of our friends will be there because we actually got the escape room on tomorrow from three to four. Yeah. So we'll be getting there around the time I think the teaching society is doing their thing. Yeah. So is the teaching till- society doing a thing in yeah. Ostro. Four, yeah. four till six. From four till As six, they finish. Ha- we start, and yeah. there's <coughs> using like a pool table. Yeah. So there's free pool from four till six. Um, by the Why Education the Society. society? do do that. Why <laughs> is it the society devoted to tabletop games and everything else? Don't do that. <laughs> what is never, wrong with us? Because we never ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then after that, um, it's us. So we're going to have Woo! our VR setups, um, Switch, Xbox 360, um, gaming computers, heaps of um, board games. Hopefully the magic people will come up and people can play magic. Also going to have a barbecue with sausages dollar, and Dollar drinks. barbecue. It's great. So Inflation hasn't caught up to us yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at inflation of egos, but not inflation of prices. Hmm. <laughs> but I'm looking at the uh, the prices from um, of sausages and they're going up. And it's just like, hmm. Oh, no. oh, that's going to be funny. We're going to have to start getting SAF funding to... <laughs> yeah, do sausages. Oh, uh, no. Um, and, yeah, so come on up. Come up to socialise and, like, you know, get out of the dorm rooms or, you know, get out of the house. Come up and... Don't yeah. you threaten me with sunlight? <laughs> no. Oh, well, you do have How to come out. dare you? <laughs> oh, there's sunlight for a little bit, but, you, you know. Yeah. True. So like we, go from s- we go from 6 p.m. till late. We don't really have a cutoff time, but it's normally Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, by the time we finish packing everything up. Yeah, yeah. when we want to go home. So mm. we go fairly late. So even if you want to come up later and just stick around for an hour or two and see what we're all about, come on up. Don't need to sign up for anything. Don't have to pay for anything. It's only sausages and drinks if you want them. They're there. And um, other than that, Radio show is on tomorrow as well. Uh, not tomorrow. Uh, next week, Monday, We're 6 doing it PM. tomorrow now. Yeah. I promise I won't be late next week. Yay. I can't pro- actually keep that promise. I don't know. So we're going to be on for another two hours next week. Um, there was even on for two hours this week, Nick. I know. <laughs> Nick, sorry. really? You're getting it wrong again, Nick. Uh, also, um, the escape room. Mm. Um it's a thing set up by UNE Life. It's up in the um, UNE Life headquarters. Um, it's free. All you need to do is go into unelife.com and click on into the webpage. It will be the first thing there. Click in, book a room. They are now opening up until 9 o'clock every day. So um, there will be more rooms available and... Yeah, it's a fun experience. Apparently, people have already been in there today. And what I've heard is that it's really good. So, Is that the UNE page or the UNE Life? UNE Life website. Yeah. So make sure you put in UNE Life. Click into the first link. It'll be like big splash screen right there. It is, actually. What do you know? I was about Uh, to call you out on that. (laughs) (laughs) Five to eight people teams, and you don't need to pick a team size Ah, when you're booking in. I found that out yesterday. So many notifications. So you need at least... It's recommended five to eight people. Um, I've heard that you could do it with less people, potentially. A smart one in four stooges. But um, it, it, it depends on, like, who the team is and stuff. So try and get five to eight people. It takes about an hour. So they have hour bookings from 10 till, 
9 p.m. every day from now on. Check availabilities before you make plans because some, they're already like really booked out and you have to make sure that the time that you're going is available to you. And then other than that, throughout the rest of the week, um, just in the, the fountain area, just outside the cafe and in between the cafe and the library, there will be um, free sausage sizzles from uh, 11.30-ish to 1.30-ish. <laughs> from now till then. Because, uh, yeah, so we're doing free barbecue made um, done by Tune FM. I'll personally be there cooking sausages like I do, <laughs> trying not to burn them. The or blowing up operative learning, trying. Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so they got the person that always burnt the sausages at games night to cook sausages for 200 people. Then again, let's just put it this way. You can see them, I assume, this time. Yes. <laughs> You're not doing it essentially blindfolded. Yes. Nice. So I, I mean, can, actually, how, given how dark it gets out the back there, I'm surprised you managed to find the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> have you never once considered just grabbing a torch? No. There's also <laughs> lights out there, and we have never once considered learning how to turn them on. Oh, they're behind the bar. <coughs> we can't access them. Oh, no. So Then um, get a bright torch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we'll be doing that every day this week so come up for a free feed while you can while then it's come there. to us for a paid feed yeah <laughs> so you can have sausages in the lunch time and, and the night time buy escape room games yeah which are actually some of them are pretty good they're yeah. although i have to say escape rooms in a digital world and i've actually got one which you can play in vr i might try that mm-hmm. get yeah. really weird but with that, we should go. It's just about 8 o'clock now. So this has been the Unix Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. See yous. Bye. Bye. Bye.